Great. It's really, really brilliant to be in Oxford. I just feel so at home with you guys. Loads of you I don't know, but I'm afraid I'm going to take my liberty with you <laughs> regardless. Because I just feel really like the Spirit of God is here and it's an exciting time for you. It's great to be able to kind of finish this uh, series that you've been doing on the prophetic. Um, and I'm very excited about what we're going to share with you today. First of all, a little dramatic demonstration of something. And can we have my slides starting to appear? That would be tremendous. I've got a little clicker here as well. That's great. The title of what I'm going to be speaking about is Raising Our Voice. And particularly Raising Our Voice as a witness to the world. She's just like a terrorist, actually. (laughs) She's not, I promise. Now... There is a conspiracy to gag you. There is a demonic conspiracy to stop you from speaking. And this is what you need to do. Get free of that gagging that there is around all of us. I need that. You need to be set free in those reasons. Do you ever feel like you can't say what you know you really should say, would be really good to say to people? Do you kind of feel like, oh, I really should. It's great having these stories of people who've done it. They actually broke through that barrier. They didn't stay gagged. They broke through. Whether it's at work or in the park or your toddler's group or with your neighbours or at the clubs you go to, something stops us from speaking about Jesus. Saying the things that God would want to say to the people around us, through us. That's what prophecy is, isn't it? Just saying what God's saying. It's not much more complicated than that, but there's something that blocks us. Maybe it's this cultural thing of all this spiritual stuff is really a private matter that you should keep to yourself. I think we're kind of soaked in that kind of culture and it infects us. And it's part of this conspiracy to gag you. Don't talk about that kind of stuff. Sometimes we're just so sensitive and careful. It's good to be sensitive and careful and a bit nice. But sometimes that sensitive carefulness gags us from saying what God would want to say to people. Yeah? Sometimes we're just scared of what people will think of us. I am. Some of us just, we've never really done anything beyond just converse with people. and I've never actually tried to do that. That's just way beyond who I am or where I'm at. That gags us. That expectation. There is a spiritual conspiracy. Make them think that they cannot say anything. <laughs> That's my best evil laugh I tried there. <laughs> That's what's going on in the spiritual dimension around you. Believe me. Who knows that that is true for you? You find you just can't. And so you and I, we don't expect to say stuff every day that God might want to say into people's situations. Find with me Ephesians chapter 6, 
verse 19 to 20, at the end of that glorious and familiar passage about the armor of God. Ephesians 6, verses 19 to 20. It's really interesting to me to to see what people ask for prayer for, or the things that they pray about. It says a lot about who you are and what you're like. Um, I'm tempted to pray for all sorts of sporting things sometimes. I'm watching Andy Murray in the final, and I'm thinking, oh God, please this year, come on Lord. It kind of shows what I'm like and the kind of things that I would really like to happen. And you know, Some people are always praying about themselves. <laughs> it's all about me, that t-shirt says there. Some people are praying for family. It really shows what's in your heart. You know, I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for my dad still to become a Christian. It says something about me. Some people are always praying outwards and beyond themselves, even to countries that are, that are far away. I find it really interesting to see what Paul in Ephesians is praying for. Paul, this amazing man of God, going out, telling everybody this incredible news, declaring the gospel. What is it that it's on his heart? He says, can you, can you pray for me about this, please? What is it that Paul, the amazing Paul, says? He says this, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, Whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul. Paul saying, pray for me that I'll talk about Jesus. Because even then, right from the beginning of the church, there's been this conspiracy to try and silence it. Under house arrest there in, in Rome, trying to silence this, this ambassador. It's an incongruous thing. An ambassador in chains? How stupid. An ambassador's there to represent the kingdom to another kingdom. But there he is, trying to be silenced, trying to be, be gagged. But he's not going to let it happen. But he's saying, I struggle with this. Please pray for me that I will fearlessly... N.T. Wright says, that's better translated as the word, brazenly, brazenly make known the mystery of the gospel. Pray that I may declare it brazenly, not caring what people think about me. That's what Paul asks for prayer for. I don't think it's, oh, please pray for me. I think he's actually trying to model something to those Christians there to say, even I am imperfect Paul here. I need you to pray for me. Because this is hard. I have to keep breaking through something with this. And I bet you need to break through it too. Being a witness in the world. It's one of the things that I find the most exciting about being a Christian. It's one of the things that fires up my faith. When I see that I say something and the people respond to it. And they're not in a church context and they're out there somewhere. And God's real and he's... That really stirs my faith, and it helps me to be an even more excited, enthusiastic Christian. It's really, really wonderful. But right from day one, when I first became a Christian, there was this gagging thing that started to happen. As soon as I started to go along to church with my mum, and and I started to get interested in reading my little Bible things, as soon as I was first interested, I I thought, well, I probably shouldn't talk about this too much. I shouldn't talk about it at school. I shouldn't really talk about it to my friends very much imperceptible feelings that came. And I remember coming home from church one time and um, 
some friends of mine were sat outside, and I had my Bible in my hand. And as I saw my friends were there, also outside, I hid my Bible behind my back and crept into the house. And my mum, being the godly mother that she is, said to me, Steve, why did you do that? Why did you hide your Bible? I said, well, I didn't really want them to, to know about this. And I had a magazine with me as well at the time, which was a Jesus and Me magazine. And um, I didn't want to show it. And um, my mum challenged me about that. So the next week I came back from church and lo and behold, as we were driving up the driveway, the same group of friends were out there. And this time I went up and talked to them and kind of held my Bible out and sat with them. And, and they said, what's that then? I thought, oh, it's my Bible. I've just been to church. That's as far as it went, but that was great. Suddenly I was able to talk about it. Some of you here you may not even be Christians yet. And you might even feel gagged about talking about the fact that you're interested in talking to people about Jesus or going to church. It's okay to talk about this stuff. In fact, this stuff is the best stuff in the world to talk about. It's the most wonderful things to be talking about. Don't let yourself be gagged. Just letting people know that you're a Christian can sometimes be difficult. I remember, first of all, working in a, in a primary school. My, my main trade has been primary school teaching. And... Um, this one particular school, it was only when I got to the end of working there that I started to think, I haven't ever really prayed for anybody or offered to do much of that while I've been here. And in the last few weeks, as I was kind of feeling like, well, I'm leaving anyway, <laughs> I might as well take some opportunities. And various ones came up, particularly for an older lady, a bit crotchety old lady, um, had a really bad arm, and I just knew I should offer to pray for her and to pray for her there and then. And I did it, and I offered, and she really loved it, and not, didn't become a Bible-believing Christian straight away afterwards, but it broke something. And I suddenly thought, why haven't I been doing this for the last seven years? Why have I closed off my Christian faith to just being that thing I do over there, and not allowing it to come out of me here? What is it that's gagged me? Why is that like that? And when I went into the next place of work, I thought, right, well, as soon as I get into this place. I want them to know I'm a Christian sooner than later. And as soon as opportunities come up, I want to take them. There's certain windows of opportunity that you have in changing times of really making a point of thinking, actually, I'm a Christian and I want to communicate about that and be that kind of person right from the outset. If you're in one of those changeover times, may I encourage you to think about that as you go into your new place of work or if you're moving house to a new neighborhood it's very hard if you've been living next door to people for years to then suddenly say oh by the way I'm a Christian and can I pray for you you get in early set that context early on it really does help you to stop from being gagged Tammy yeah um there are other ways of doing it, and it's to do with telling, you know, just praying for people. And sometimes there are opportunities, you don't get the opportunity to say, can I pray for you there and then? It, it just doesn't always work. Maybe it's a passing comment or, you know, they don't say anything till right near the end and then you're wandering out the door. Um, and this happened for me only uh, on Thursday. Steve had challenged me as we were going to get the girl's hair cut. He said, oh, see if you can get a prophetic word for the hairdresser. Okay, yeah, I will. And actually, it, you know, it was a bit like, oh, yeah. And I stood in her round, and she's cutting my girl's hair. And I'm thinking, come on, God, do something. And he gave me nothing, absolutely nothing. And then right as I was out the door, and, you know, she was next customer waiting, 
She said something about, oh, all my friends really like um, school holidays because they say I don't have to get up, but I hate it. I have my three children around and it just means that they get up the same time and we're bored by lunchtime. And so all I, I just felt God say, there's your opportunity and you can't pray for her there and then. But just to say to her, I'm going to pray that you have a really good holiday this time. That you really enjoy your time with your children. And I'm praying that she does. Um, then you have opportunities where you can actually pray with the person, where you can say to them, can I pray with you now? Um, I, have, I have a friend, Steve spelt it wrong. <laughs> that's all right, I'm not a teacher or anything. No, can't spell her name, but that's fine. Um, uh, she's a Muslim lady, I met her through toddler group, she was sent to us, and before I even knew I'd been told she was coming, and um, I knew nothing of her situation, Um, But God said to me, this lady's going to be significant and you need to invest in her. Um, Two years on, I'm still investing in her and it's, it's, you know, it's not easy. But from the first moment we met when she told me her story, um, a very tragic story of her husband being killed in Pakistan and her being left with an 18-month-old and eight months pregnant in a country she doesn't know. Um, I just said to her, can I pray for you? I want to pray for you now easy because as Muslims they understand prayer it's really important Um, and I prayed for her that she would have hope for the future and still now she refers back to that because that moment was the moment I had hope so I came feeling completely down and depressed and life was not even worth living but you prayed for me and I had hope and I still have that hope and she's seen over the years is the two years you know how God has helped her and we're not there (laughs) You know, I am still praying. She had a period of coming to church. She's kind of slipped back a bit, but God is still on her case. Other opportunities in toddler groups as well, where we've prayed for babies that were breech. Um, We went through a season of seeing quite a few of our moms having breech babies. We just laid hands on them, and these babies turned at 38 weeks. Miraculously, but God does it. Um, I love this one. Uh, a friend, I don't even remember praying this, but you know, you pray for people and they remember it yeah. when you, you actually pray for them. And I prayed for this lady's um, baby who wasn't pooing. She uh, must have been constipated. And she, says, she said to me several years later, you p- prayed for me, um, for my son to poo, and he pooed. <laughs> Simple prayers. You know, they don't have to be. <laughs> you don't have to give them the gospel. But just something significant like that was really important for her. Let it flow, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you see where my giftings lie. <laughs> Keep when you offer to pray for somebody, I... I've never offended anybody ever by offering to pray for somebody. What a stupid thought that's gone through my mind that says you can't offer to pray for anybody. What a crazy, stupid thought. I'm not having that thought anymore. I'm going to offer to pray. And if they, are, if they don't want to, that's absolutely fine. That's okay. But you know what? They always say, yeah, that's great. If it's not now, sometimes it's not always now, and I'm happy to pray for them on another occasion, but they are always happy for you to pray for them. So offer. Offer to pray for people. Like some of those stories this morning. Offer. Because that's when they really see that God exists and God breaks in. Listening to God for people and telling them. Often we just feel, I can do that maybe in a church context. I can listen to God and share a prophecy and maybe do it in my small group setting. But 
I just think this kind of setting in the house groups is just practice for out there. That's not the doing of it. That's just practice. It's a bit like Andy Murray just practicing his tennis and never actually playing in the tournament. Actually, this is supposed to be something we do in all of life. Just listening to God, talking to him all the time, communicating with him. And then sometimes he'll be telling you stuff for the people that's around you. That's being a Christian. That's the kind of life that Jesus lived. Listening to what God was saying and saying it. You can do that too. You can hear God for specific situations with people. I was going in and out of church. This was a few years back. And there was always this pile of young people that used to hang around on the Sunday afternoons we used to meet there. And I've walked past them a number of times and thought, this is wrong. I'm going in worshipping God and I'm leaving it. I'm going in worshipping God and I'm leaving again. And they're there. Lord, there must be something... Sometimes your heart gets stirred by people. When it does, think, okay, maybe I've got to say something to them from God. Simple. So my heart was feeling like, oh, okay, I've got to go and do something. And the thought that comes in my brain is, let's go and ask them, who's the person that the doctors say can't get well again? Is the thought that comes through my head. And I think, actually, no, a bunch of 14-year-old boys looking a bit leery. I'd rather not do that. <laughs> Thank you very much. But having asked and having had that feeling, you start to feel like you're going to be disobedient if you don't do it. And so that was the moment I thought, right, I need to just go and get on with this. So, hi guys. I'd seen some of them before. They'd kind of popped in and been a bit naughty and that kind of stuff like they do. Hi guys. Um, Steve, do you remember me? Steve, yeah. I just felt God say that there was one of you here who the doctor said wasn't going to get well again. And I'd just love to pray for them. Is that okay? Who's that? Um, One of the ringleaders who I knew said, oh, that's Ben. Straight away. Ben was sitting over in the corner and he had crutches I hadn't noticed. And he came over with his, with his crutches. So said, yeah. I said, oh, so can I pray for you, Ben? I said, yeah, all right. So we sat down there and I just put my hand on his shoulder. And said, Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray. I can't remember what I'm praying. It was something like this. I pray you get, you get better in the name of Jesus. And his legs get sorted out. And it's to do with his legs. And the doctor said, sorry, mate. It's always going to be like that. Um, didn't get healed there and then in that moment. And I thought, okay, well. That's great. God bless you. I'll see you again some other church Sunday. And I'll find out what's happened. Came back to church the next Sunday. Wasn't there. Next Sunday. Wasn't there. Next Sunday. Wasn't there. Finally, I saw one of the ringleader guys hanging around the Salvation Army a bit later. And I said, hey, what happened to Ben? How's Ben? Remember I prayed for him? He says, oh, yeah, yeah. After that, he was immediately healed and didn't have any more problems after that. He couldn't handle it, though, so didn't turn up anywhere near the church ever again. <laughs> he was shown that God exists. God might even love him and care about him. Listen to God for the people around you. One of my work situations, a lady called Angela, was her husband had lost his job, and she was just distraught about this. And I had this word of knowledge about a barrel of oil and went into some details. And I, and I said, I've been praying for you and this is what I felt as I was praying for you. It's a really good line, that one. Say it to people. I've been praying for you and this is the thought that came. Even if you've just been praying for them in the previous five seconds. <laughs> yeah? I've been praying for you and this is the thought that's come to me and I just wanted to share this with you. And I shared this thing with her and gave her hope from God that her husband would get a job. He gets a job a couple of weeks later in line with the kind of thing that I prophesied or I spoke over her. And just last week, we had a, um, a farewell 
kind of goodbye thing because I'm leaving this school where I'm working. And um, I meet the husband for the first time who comes up to me and shakes my hands and says, you've been a real support to my wife. There's been various other occasions where I've prayed with her and she's had health issues and stuff. You've been a real support to my wife and I just want to come and personally shake your hand and, and thank you for that. So I said to him, ah, I was praying for you as well, that you would get your job. So it's just great to kind of connect with him. And I don't know where that, how much further that takes them, but they know that Christians are okay yeah. as well. And they pray about stuff, and maybe even God intervenes in stuff. And they may not have been aware of that before. Yeah. You've got people around you in your neighborhood, in your workplaces, who may not be aware of that. People in your family that may not be aware of that. See, Christians are all right, and they pray about stuff, and the God they speak to is real. And he likes to break in and answer prayers. This is something that I find hard at the moment. It's actually talking about Jesus. Jesus Christ. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, the Son of God. Getting those words out in talking to people, I find really difficult. There's something around me that says, no, no, okay, fine, you got that far, Steve, but no further. Don't actually tell them about Jesus Christ, because they'll get offended if you start talking about Jesus. They'll think you're weird. It's the thoughts that come through my brain. But I've been trying to break out of that level of gagness more recently. Anybody else find that difficult to actually talk about Jesus? What's going on there? It's part of this conspiracy. Don't stick with it. We were on the, the beach in Mauritius. Oh, sounds wonderful. Got family there. We were visiting family. And just while we were walking down there, I had um, Ruth on my, this big rucksacky type thing carrying her, her down there. And I walked past this, this lady who was, who was on the beach. And um, it was one of those occasions where my heart just kind of stopped, stopped there. And I'm walking on thinking, oh, oh no, okay. Praying, talking to God. Feeling like there's, there's something I want to say to her, but I don't know what it is. But I, don't, I know God wants me to say something to her. So I, we, we started to just chat. In fact, she initiated a conversation saying, oh, hi, and talked about the baby, and she had a little child there. Children are great for doing that, aren't they, starting up conversations if you've got kids around. So she starts chatting, and I start saying to her, and, and I say to her, I just believe God wants to say something to you. To you. And it was that I didn't know what I was going to say. <laughs> 18 months ago, I start saying, 18 months ago, there was a, a real breakup of a relationship for you and that really hurt you and made you feel really bad Tammy then comes along as well she would kind of gone a bit ahead of me and I just believe that God wants to tell you he's your father he's your father is looking after you just like your father had has brought you here because her dad lived in Mauritius was living in Mauritius just like your earthly father has done that your heavenly father wants to look after you care for you and provide for all of your relational needs that you need Tammy comes walking up and she, she looks at Tammy and says how does he stuff and I'm saying I don't I'm just saying stuff that I believe that God wants to say to you you can imagine she was really touched and something was happening in her spirit as all that was happening and then we said bye I knew I'd see her again later at some point as well while we were there we were there for a few weeks and headed off and God bless you (sighs) got it out (laughs) it's not easy this stuff it's always a barrier to break through to say it. Never think that anybody finds this easy. Don't think that Graham finds it easy every time or anyone finds it easy. It's, it's sometimes, you always have to break through something. But then something else happened, even after that. <coughs> yeah, the um, story then continues. Um, so it's being aware that actually what you sow in then 
May you may reap something else later. Um, and four weeks later, we're on the beach again. <laughs> Sorry, hard life. <laughs> um, and uh, we see the lady again. And we're, oh, hi, you know, walk. She's, oh, you're still here. Yeah, we're still here. You're still here. Bye. Walk up the beach. As we get to where we're about, this woman has followed us up the beach. A completely different lady has followed us up the beach. Now, in foreign countries, anyone following you up the beach, coming towards you, usually wants money. <laughs> um, but so she time. came and she said, she said to Steve, um, are, you, are you a Christian? I think it was, wasn't it? And um, start, starts asking him all these questions. He's a bit wary. What does she want? Um, and it turns out she's the stepmother of this lady. She said, you gave my um, stepdaughter a prophetic word. You gave her this word from God. I want one from God now, please. <laughs> <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> Stood on the beach. Thanks, God. Um, and we just chatted with her. She was a German lady. She spent six months in Germany and had married, obviously, this girl's uh, father and spent six months in Mauritius. But had some Christian background, but was very wary of the Holy Spirit. Very, very wary. Thought it was of the devil kind of thing. But, but there was an interest in her. She wanted it as well. So there was a church she was going to and she wanted it. So we just said, let's pray for you. So we stood on the beach, you know, kids are playing in the water, and we're, well, I don't think we'd even put our bags down. Um, and we prayed for her, and we just felt God give us some things, you know, different things for her, and I felt she was on a path, and she was there. She was nearly there. She just needed to take that step. She left feeling blessed completely. Mm. I think we left feeling going, what on earth just happened? But, okay, God, we're obedient to you. But it is knowing that you sow... And other things will come off that. You know, it's a springboard into so many other things and so many other people's lives as a result of that. And holiday times can be a great time to practice as well. Because sometimes you're not going to see these people again, are you? Yeah, so give it a go. When you're on holiday, be thinking, right, I'm going to be with people I don't know. If you're travelling places as well, don't ever think that the person you're sat next to is by accident. Do you believe that God is God? And he knows everything that's going to happen. Do you think if you might just be open a little bit, he might make sure somebody sits next to you who you might be able to pray for or give something to? Every time I do that, God sits me with somebody who I can bless in some way by listening to God and telling them something. Don't allow yourself to be gagged. Sometimes you get the chance to share the full gospel with people, which is wonderful. One of these kind of plane incidents with this Hindu guy called Satish who I, I sat with and I just started to talk to him about God and it, he was just really really open I talked to him about Jesus as well I said this is the stuff about Jesus pulled out my Bible from my rucksack started opening the Bible to him and he says well can I, can I become a Christian I said yeah, absolutely so we prayed together there for him to become a Christian Brilliant. that doesn't happen every time you sit next to somebody on a plane but it did on that occasion <laughs> praise God There are no accidents to the people you sit next to on a bus or a train, ever. I don't believe it. Sometimes we find a gagging over us when it's just inviting somebody to a church thing or an alpha thing. Even people you've been praying with and doing stuff with. Sometimes there's this barrier there for you. At my badminton club, I love playing badminton, um, 
managed to offer to, the best thing to pray for people at badminton club is healing because they're always getting injuries and they're usually 40, 50 years old and probably playing a bit harder than they should be. And so there's lots of opportunities to say, can I pray for you for healing for that? And there was this one guy called Matt there who just joined and he was having problems with his back. And I prayed, I said, can I pray for you now for healing? He said, yeah, sure. They always say yes. They do. They say yes. They don't want to offend you. That's the thing. So I prayed for him and he didn't really get better. But next time I saw him, uh, he said, thank you, really th- appreciate you praying for me. They, at least they believe that you're consistent, you're a Christian and you actually believe this stuff if you're willing to offer to pray for them, even if nothing particularly happens. And he, he said to me a few weeks later, just been thinking about coming along to church and obviously know you're a pastor because you told me that and you prayed for me and stuff. Can we come along to your church? I said, no, you wouldn't want to come to my church. <laughs> no, of course. I said, yes, of course, come to my church. Um, and his, his partner and he had had some Christian stuff in their teenage years Cut a very long story short, he ends up coming to an Alpha course. Another guy from the badminton club comes to the Alpha course because I'm praying for people and offering healing and stuff. His, his partner and he decide to do a marriage course. They're living together and stuff. And they kind of think, actually, maybe we should get married in the process of talking to him about things. He decides to propose to her. They do a marriage preparation course with us. We talk to them about a whole variety of stuff. And they start coming along to different things that we're, we're running in different sorts of ways. And they've now just moved house somewhere else. But in the window of time I was with them, I was... Asking God, well, what do you want me to do? Sometimes these small things can lead to greater things. You can believe and expect that that kind of stuff will happen. Every time, though, there's a barrier for me. There's a gagging thing going on that I have to break through. Every time. It's never been a time when it's just been, oh, this is nice and easy, and I'll just tell you about Jesus, and I'll tell you a prophetic word. Never. There's always something else kicking off. I've got a headache. The kids are playing up. I don't know. Just stuff is going on. There's always a reason not to. Always. Don't stick with that reason. What did Paul say? Even Paul said this. Pray for me that whenever I open my mouth, loads of of different occasions, words may be given me that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it that I may declare it as I should. Isn't this what being a Christian's about? Not being fearful of these things that God is doing in my life and communicating about them. Fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. That sounds massive, doesn't it? Unpacking a whole mystery to people. It's just this stuff. That God exists. You can let somebody know that God's real. God is real. In the school where I, I've been teaching, um, state school, I, I do this thing where I, I get the kids listening to the Holy Spirit and giving each other prophetic words. Um, I don't call it that, of course. I say, I talk about the Holy Spirit in an RE lesson, and I say, one of the things that Christians believe is that God speaks through his Holy Spirit, and actually that can encourage one another. So I, I, I say the kinds of encouraging things that you know God might want to say, and um, I get them to write things down on pieces of paper, put them in a box, and they all come and take one of these pieces of paper out. And read what it is that God might say to them. Because I don't believe in coincidences. <laughs> it's amazing what happens. One, one boy really struggles with um, writing, thinking. You ask a question, it takes him probably 30 seconds to process the question before he can, can then give you an answer. This was a few years back. He really struggled with this idea of writing something encouraging for somebody else on a piece of paper, put it in a box. Other people are going to... 
I don't really, couldn't really compute that. And all the rest had kind of got the idea and were writing stuff in. So I said to, said to this young man, just what is the thought that's coming into your head at least? And he said, don't forget to brush your teeth. I said, okay. <laughs> just put that on the piece of paper. And I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll write one as well. I'll put mine in the box and I'll hope I pick out his so that somebody else doesn't get it. So we do the whole thing and um, they're praying and they're opening theirs and they're going, wow, that's really amazing. Who wrote that? That's exactly what I need to hear. That happens all the time when I do this. One other boy picks out his. This, this boy um, is, there's always a naughty one, isn't there, Liz? It's always a really naughty one. <laughs> this at least one. <laughs> this was the really naughty one. Um, and everyone, yeah. He was the really naughty one. And he opens his piece of paper and goes, oh, huge taking a breath. And the, the boys around him go, oh, you got that? That's amazing. That's incredible. I can't believe it. They'd been doing health and safety stuff through that week. And it transpired, when they were doing stuff about teeth, that this young man never brushed his teeth. <laughs> and... I say to them as they're opening this, you know, believe that God's going to say something to you that's really important. He opens his up and it says, don't forget to brush your teeth. (laughs) And what's more wonderful is this little boy who really struggles with communicating with people, heard something from God. That's what breaks me up. Heard something from God, put it in there and God coordinated it. Just the right person. That happened again on Friday when I was doing this with the kids. One of the guys who... This guy says, I don't believe in God, I'm not doing this, because he, he knew what I was trying to do, because he was clever. <laughs> and he, I got him to write something down, it was, and I told him this story before, and so he wrote, don't forget to change your socks, kind of in a crossway, gave that, put that in the box, and one of the boys picks out and goes, oh, I haven't changed my socks in weeks. <laughs> the only one... This, this last, last time, this same guy who now believes in this stuff writes this really detailed thing about you're going to go to America and work there and you're going to meet this person and a really full-on prophetic thing. The, the only person in the room who has got any kind of connection with America, who actually moved back from there too, he's got family and relations there, picks out this one that says you could go back to America and work there. She's spooked out by that because I've got family and relations there. And I could tell you lots of stories like that where that works. That works where God works, where God's doing something. They pick up that God exists. People can know that God exists through you, in your workplace, with what you're doing, in your neighborhood, with who you are. Let them know that God exists. Do stuff that lets them know that God loves them. (coughs) I was driving into the King School and I was working there and and with Jeremy and Caroline, we were kind of covering stuff uh, while, while John was ill. And drive, drive up, driving up to, to land there, thinking I've got lots of emails to check and all the rest of it. Heading into the school building, and I could see a mum dropping off her kids. And I just felt I needed to go and say something prophetic to her about Mary, but I didn't have any more than that. And I go, and I, I go over and say, hi, it's nice to see you again. I knew this lady struggles, she's a single mum. And just talk to her about this thought I had from God about how God sees her just as like being like Mary and how she prays like Mary. And, and she starts to cry and weep and thank you for sharing that with me. And she, she doesn't drive off immediately because I think she's just getting over it. And I'm then heading off into my, my day of work. Allow God to break in to you, to let people know that God exists. God loves them. Tammy.
Yeah, and just letting people know that Christians are okay. We're not weird. You, you may think, you know, Steve and I stood up here, Steve in particular, those who've known him oh, over the God. years. <laughs> He's less weird now. No, um, but we're not. It, just being care. a Christian, we're natural, we're normal, we do normal things. And um, when we were away in Mauritius again, we had some time, just the two of us, uh, Steve's cousin paid for us to go to a hotel that she worked at. And the last day, we'd, lit- we'd come off a boat. I was feeling really, really ill, <laughs> having been off boat, paraglide- parasailing off the back. And I was like, and um, we see Steve sits at the bar while I go to the toilet. And I come back and he's chatting. And I thought, yeah, it's my husband. It's what he does. Um, and we get, ch- get chatting to this couple. And they were on honeymoon <laughs> there. Um, new, you know, they were both police officers. And just in our conversation with them, we pick up on different things. And uh, she talks about wanting to change jobs. She's disillusioned with the Met Police Force. Um, uh, he's obviously further up the ranks. And uh, we just felt, yeah, at the end, I know Steve's going to say, let's pray for you. Further through the conversation, the husband says um, he was uh, out working and a, a bus, a bus? Double-decker bus. Double-double yeah. bus didn't stop, ploughed straight into the police car, damaging his shoulder. I think his colleague was fine, but completely damaged, shattered his shoulder. Um, he was off work for three months and he was told that his shoulder will never be the same again. Love those lines, it will never be the same again, because you can say, yes, but God's bigger. Than those doctors can say one thing, but God's bigger. And I knew Steve would jump on that one. He'd love that. And and it's really nice, you know. It's nice to have that security of knowing he'll go. Let's pray for you, <laughs> um, which he did. And we got these prophetic words for them. And do you know what? They didn't bow down, as people say. You know, but we know we've sown a seed into their lives. We know that they now know Christians are okay. You know, they've probably yeah. met, being met police officers, they've probably met crazy Christians all over the place, goodness knows, stood on corners, but we're okay. This is the mystery of the gospel. God exists. If you've got any YWAM training stuff, they say this kind of stuff, don't they? Let people know that God's real, he loves you, and Christians are okay. You get that message across to people, they're a long way from where they were, probably. Actually, letting people know the mystery of the gospel, we're going to celebrate something in a bit which reminds us that Jesus really existed. He exists. He really died, came alive again. We remind ourselves of that regularly, don't we? Part of the reason for that isn't just for us, so we can tell other people about that. Arnie's going to help us with that in a bit. Part of the mystery of the gospel is that God can answer the questions that they have, not just the ones that we think we want to answer for them, but answer the questions they have. I had a dream once about a young woman teacher in my place where I worked. And in this dream, she went into this um, interview setting and she was visiting a classroom, which was a big open plan classroom, and it was in a village. And um, that was where I saw her teaching and working. Um, I knew that she was looking to move to another job and she had some interviews coming up. So I went in and over the photocopier. Any of you ever gather around the photocopier sometimes with your part of your work? Over the photocopier was the only chance I was going to get in that day to say to this young woman I'd been dreaming about her. Um, so I had to get that right. 
and say, I had this, this dream, I think it's from God, because I have dreams sometimes, and they're God speaking to me, so I hope you don't mind, but I had this dream, and I explained it, explained about the open plan classroom, and she says to me, do you know what, I believe that you can hear special things through dreams, because I had a dream about the interview before I came to this job. I dreamt the whole interview, and when I came for this job, I breezed through the interview and got the job here. So I really believe already in dreams. So God's already been at, God, you know God's already at work in all these people's lives. You're just coming on and building on something that he's already doing. And she then went off to her various interviews, and um, the following week when I, I went back and I saw her again, she said, I've got the... I've, no, she emailed me. That's how she told me. She emailed me saying, Steve, you'll be interested to hear this. I went for this interview and I visited the classroom and it was an open plan classroom. As soon as I saw it was the open plan classroom, like you explained in the dream, I knew I'd get the job and I have. <laughs> Bang. Do you think she thinks that God's real and God might love her and that Christians are okay? And actually, maybe God can answer the questions that you have... She was in a bit of a rocky place because her her partner was in Afghanistan fighting and stuff. She really needed to know that God was real and was looking out for her. The mystery of the gospel, part of the mystery of the gospel is your story. Just like Sue was saying, she was able to share her testimony, her story, just about the the major stuff that God's done in your life. That stuff, the really good stuff, the best stories. Tell other people those stories. God will open up opportunities for you to do that. That's part of explaining the mystery of the gospel that Paul says he wants to explain fearlessly. Sometimes you get to explain a whole lot and I got to do that with my uncle in Mauritius. The ABCR, the admit, believe, commit, receive. That's how I like to remember. Admit you're a sinner and you need help and you're not perfect and you need God to break in. Believe in Jesus Christ. You need to know some stuff about Jesus to be able to do that. Commit your life. So I'm going to follow this Jesus Christ and receive the Holy Spirit because there's no way you can do that by yourself. That's, that's the simple way that I learned it as a teenager on beachhead holidays. And I try and have a why Jesus around me if I possibly can. Sometimes you lead people to the Lord. It's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah. It's cool, isn't it, Rich? <laughs> Pray also for me. That whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I may fearlessly fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. I'm going to whiz through these last few things. Anyone here a bit scared sometimes? You need to overcome some fear. Yeah, me too. What will they think of me? Really, really common thought. That's the main one that hits me, the main one that goes through my life. This will never hit you. Well, I'm not that type of person. Just ask you this question, well, what, what type of person are you? It's a serious question. What type of person are you? What's the best way for you to do this stuff? Maybe you're better at writing stuff down for people rather than just trying to catch stuff in a conversation over a photocopy. Ah, I couldn't do that. Write it down. Maybe you're a reflector. Sometimes Tammy's like, reflect on things and then think, actually, this is what I should have said. Well, then why not? Tell them the next time you see them then. Maybe you're somebody that's so soaked in the word, you just sense scriptures for people. Actually, this, there's this word of God that I want to communicate to them. You might not do it in the King James Version to them, because they I don't know what you're talking about. But you'll do it in a way that lands for them. Maybe you're a social media person. Why not offer to pray for people on Facebook? Give prophetic words over the email to folks. 
doing that to a pagan friend of mine. And I'm not using it as a derogatory term. He's a pagan friend of mine. I was giving him one, on, one of those words on Saturday. Tam. Yeah, just, uh, just being aware that sometimes, you know, know what type of person you are, but don't box yourself. It's the big thing. And I think sometimes we can look at other people and say, yeah, but that's all right. That's how they do it. Um, I can't do that. And, yeah, I shared that story of us with the honeymoon couple. And I knew Steve would get in there and ask to pray. Um, but actually, I've now had to step further forward and say, sometimes he's not there. Or sometimes he is. And actually, why should I wait for him to make yeah, that decision? On. You know, I can do it. Um, and we were in we were in the park and um, one day and recently and we met a lady who um, I know through Rachel our middle daughter's ballet class just one of those people you say hi to don't really know very much about her but we were there chatting away and the kids were playing and um, I was talking and I'm saying okay God let me find something in this conversation that she's saying because listen to conversation it doesn't have to be as you arrive with this prophetic word but sometimes in what people say to you is an inroad in so injuries a great one you know I've hurt myself um, but there may be other things and this lady talked we offered her a biscuit uh, uh, to her daughter and she'll know sorry she's got um allergies I mean this child had allergies as long as your arm um and and at that point, I thought, yes, that's it. That's the one. That's where I go. And I opened my mouth, and he stood next to me. Come on. <laughs> he beat me to it. And actually, I was annoyed. I was going, God, that's not fair. That was mine. <laughs> it was mine to do. Um, but hey, he did it, and I, I've forgiven him for it. <laughs> but you do have to say, okay, I'm going to step forward in this. I'm going to do it. You know, Haley gave that word about... Um, God's given us the words to say. We've just got to open our mouths to it. And I thought it's really significant what we're talking about. It is just about God has given it. God has got those conversations engineered. He knows what people are going to say. We've just got to take the step and be willing to do it. But what if nothing happens? Yeah. What, what, you know, but what if I, and I stand there and I'm stood in front of these people, I'm talking to them, nothing happens. Um, and I share this one a lot for me. My whole prophetic stuff over the years has grown. Um, but still, when I have prophetic words, I still get this overwhelming. I get a word and then I get a doubt. And if I know that thought followed by a doubt, for me, that's a real level of going, that's God. Because that doubt is not of God. That's the enemy, and the enemy doesn't want to. The enemy wants to gag us, um, and that doubt is a way of gagging us. Because if you start to doubt, you start to question in your own mind what you've heard from God, and we start to say, well, no, I won't say that, and that will, no, that's not right. And we just explain it away till we get to the point where we don't open our mouths and we don't say anything. Um, so if when you're stood with people, you're sat with people, whatever you're doing, you think you hear something or you have a thought and then you doubt whether you can open your mouth. Go for it because it yeah. is God. It really is. And what's the worst? They go, oh, thanks. That's nice. And go away. You know, some people need to reflect on it. They need to listen to what you said. Some people, it may just go over their head and that's what you just 
And some people, you will, you will get, majority of people, you will catch them and catch their, the spirit mm. of what's inside of them, what they've been asking yeah. for. Yeah. yeah. What if nothing happens? Something always happens. Even if it's that they at least think, wow, there was a Christian there who actually really believed this stuff. That's the least that happens. Something is always happening. As long as you're being humble and you genuinely want to love people, you open yourself up to God in these kind of ways, something will happen. Don't allow the enemy to gag you. Pray for me that whenever I open my mouth, words will be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. We're going to be moving into something else now, but the kind of things that you might want prayer for, if you're struggling to break out, maybe you're just struggling with God's existence at the moment. You need to know yourself that he's real. Ask him. Maybe you need to know that you're loved by God and you're struggling with something to do with that at the moment. Ask him to help you with that. Maybe you're struggling with just believing the Christians around you are okay because they've messed up in some way or... Actually, that stops you from being able to share like this and invite people to stuff. You can't do it. Maybe you need to break through with some of that today so you can be this servant of God. Maybe you just need to really, really believe that this stuff that we're celebrating is real. Jesus really did live, you know. He really did die, and he really did come alive again. It's not nonsense, this stuff. It's not history. This is real. Maybe that will build some security in you so you can do this kind of stuff. Maybe there's some really challenging questions you're wrestling with and you're just struggling to break through those. Do you know what? None of us who try and reach out in these kind of ways have got all our questions sorted out. But if you just open yourself up willingly, say, Lord, help me. Fill me with that anointing so I can be a little Jesus, just like Graham was prophesying. He'll help you. Maybe that can happen as we share the bread. Maybe you need to believe your story is valuable. Because it is. Maybe you need security in knowing this ABCR that you can communicate Maybe the whole gospel to somebody. Maybe you need to do a bit of work on that yourself to work out how you can do it. Maybe you need to believe that it can work for you so that you're somebody that moves from being gagged to being somebody who can take that next step forward.